0: The Old Testament reading for this, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter. The same night, Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. And this is the word of the Lord. He will command his angels concerning you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all his me. bless his name. The epistle reading comes from Paul's second letter to the Pastor Timothy, the third and fourth chapters. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And this is the word of the Lord. Be to God. The holy gospel that serves as the text for our sermon this morning comes to us according to St. Luke the 18th chapter. Glory Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Mom, can I have a cookie? No. Mom, why can't I have a cookie? Because it's almost supper time. But Mom, I really want a cookie? No. Mom, 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 I want a cookie. I want it, I want it, I want a cookie. I want it, I want it. Fine. Have a cookie and leave me alone. Yes. (laughs) Works like a charm every time we visit my parents. (laughs) Is this how we're supposed to pray to God? When we hear our readings today, it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? In the Old Testament, Jacob wrestles with God and refuses to let him go until God gives Jacob a blessing. In our Gospel reading, here's this widow who is denied justice, but because she keeps going back to the judge, because she keeps pestering, because she doggedly refuses to leave the man alone, the unjust judge finally gives in just to make her be quiet and gives her what she needs. So is this what our prayer life should be like? Should we pester God? Should we keep wearing away at him until he finally gives in? Does God give us good gifts because we pester him enough that he finally breaks? Is that what prayer is all about? Is it our determination and perseverance that makes God bless us? Now, there are some who claim that this is how prayer works. That if we say just the right words over and over and over and over, then God finally has to do what we say. They point to a verse like this and say, See, he says, just keep coming and coming and coming and coming, and eventually I will give in and say, Fine, whatever you want, just leave me alone. If we're constant in our prayers, if we pester God enough, Can we make him give in, give us what we want, just out of pure frustration? Well, the answer is no. No, God doesn't give us things because we pester him. God doesn't give us things because we annoy him to the point that he just wants us to be quiet and go away, so take whatever you want. God gives us good gifts because he is our Heavenly Father. The woman kept coming before this ungodly, unrighteous judge, expecting to get what was right, even though there was no promise, no real indication that that would ever happen. She kept coming before the judge and saying, this is what is right. This is what you are required to do. This is what I expect of you even though he showed no sign that he was going to bother with it. Now God, however, has promised to do what was right. And he has done so all throughout our lives and all throughout history. So how much more so then should we come before God, our Heavenly Father, who has promised to give us good and righteous gifts and expect to truly receive them? We come before God in prayer, expecting Him to answer those prayers. Not because of our persistence, but because of His mercy and His grace. The fact is, God loves to hear our prayers. But as our Father, He knows what we truly need even before we pray it. As earthly fathers, we don't make our children ask us, for everything that they need. We don't make them come and beg us for every bedtime story, for every meal, for every diaper change. We know what they need, we know what is best for them, and we provide it whether they ask for it or not. Sometimes whether they want it or not. Our Father in Heaven does the same. Now don't get me wrong, prayer is powerful. God commands us to pray. God calls us to come before him. And God does indeed hear each and every one of our prayers. Not like the unjust judge rolling his eyes and saying, Are you seriously going to keep bugging me about this until I give it to you? But he listens to our prayers like a loving, patient father. He hears our prayers of faith and he delivers to us good and gracious gifts. But these gifts, they come in his perfect time and his perfect wisdom, not ours. You see, God hears every one of our prayers. Make no mistake about that. And God answers every one of our prayers. Make no mistake about that either. Sometimes the answer is yes. He grants us what we ask and we joyfully receive it and say, look how God has blessed me and has given what I asked for. Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is not yet. And this frustrates us. Like someone who really, really wants a cookie, even though it's almost supper time. We don't understand why we shouldn't get what we want. We don't understand why God is doing this to us. We think that if God really loved us, he would give us everything we want, everything that we ask for. We think that as God's children, we deserve greater riches and all the blessings that we want. We deserve better health. We deserve to be spared from any kind of pain or discomfort or trial in this world. We know that God could give us anything. And so we assume that he should give us everything. And like spoiled children, we stomp our feet when we don't get what we want. We threaten to hold our breath, and we claim that God doesn't love us if He doesn't give us what we want when we want it. But the truth is, God's restraint in giving is in and of itself a perfect gift. Think back to your prayers. How many times have you thought of something and said, this is exactly what I need, this is the only thing that can get me out of this situation, and you didn't get that thing, and yet, here you are. Oftentimes, we ask for hurtful things. God doesn't give us everything our hearts desire, because our sinful hearts desire some really awful stuff. Things that we think are the best for us, but that God knows would be a stumbling block to our faith. Would be a problem for us down the road. We think we know what's best, what we should get, when we should get it, and how we should get it. But God, however, knows far better than us. And his wisdom far exceeds ours. Have you ever met a child whose parents give them everything that they ask for, every request, everything that they come to them with is handed over on a silver platter. Great kid, right? The kind of kid you just love to be around. By giving us what we need, not all that we want, God forms us. He helps us to grow instead of remaining insolent, spoiled children. He teaches us to rely on Him instead of the trinkets and gadgets of this world that we think are so important. Oftentimes, when we look back, we can see God's wisdom in not giving us what we asked for at the time. But even if we never see why God said no, if we never see why He said, you must wait on this, we still trust that it was for our best. Because as our Heavenly Father, God knows when to give and when not to give. And yet, even in his righteousness, even in his fatherly restraint, he pours out blessing upon blessing, luxury upon luxury into our lives. Not one of us is sitting here today with just the bare minimum required to survive. Because God doesn't give us just the bare minimum. We have wealth and health and ample food and friends and houses and more vehicles than drivers and video games and computers and all sorts of things that we don't truly need and yet make our lives so much more comfortable, so much more enjoyable. Every one of those things is a gift that comes from the gracious hand of God. Even if we don't recognize it as such, even if we don't give thanks to him for every one of them, even if we haven't asked God for those things, all of it is a gift. All of these gifts are given by his grace and according to his holy and perfect wisdom. But all of those gifts pale in comparison to the greatest gift because this is how we receive the gift of Jesus Christ. You see, just like earthly gifts, we have wrong ideas. We ask for what we know is absolutely best. We get upset when things don't go the way that they think they should. same is true of Jesus. Everyone thought that it should have been at a different time. From Adam and Eve on, every single generation knew the promise of Jesus And thought that the Messiah just had to come during their lifetime. This is the time for the Messiah. This is when we need him the most. This is the time that makes sense. Some people actually gave up. Thinking that if God hadn't fulfilled his promise yet. He had probably forgotten and was never actually going to deliver. And then, once Jesus was born. Everyone still thought it should have been done differently. He should have been born at a later time when he had radio to reach out into the entire world. He should have been born in a different place. The Pharisees wanted salvation to come through the law. The zealots wanted it to come through war against Rome. The disciples wanted it to come through them. And yet, in his infinite wisdom, God gave us what we needed when we needed it in the absolute perfect way. Jesus came to us not in splendor and majesty, but in meekness and humility. He came to us not as a warrior or a conqueror, but as a servant. He came not to crush all those on earth who opposed him, but to lay down his life as the atoning sacrifice for those same sinners who hated him. And he did so by suffering and dying on the cross the basic tool of humiliation and execution for the Roman Empire. This was foolishness to the world. This was utter defeat in the eyes of man. But just like all of God's gifts, even though it wasn't what we expected, even though we thought God had ignored our prayers through the cross of Jesus Christ, we received the greatest gift ever. It was a gift that we weren't pestering God for. It was a gift that we didn't even want, didn't even realize we needed. In our sin, we were dead to God, and we didn't even know it or care. We wanted to be left in darkness. We wanted to be left to do whatever we wanted to do. We wanted to be left in the slavery of the devil because we were comfortable, and we had been told that that was good for us. But God... Who loved us while we were still dead in our transgression. While we were still his enemies by the sin that filled our lives. He was our father even before we knew him. And he gave us not what we wanted. But what we truly needed. And could get from nowhere else. Redemption. Salvation. Justification by grace through faith. Eternal life forgiveness of sins, the guarantee of heaven. He gave us everything we needed, everything we couldn't provide for ourselves, everything that he knew was best for us, everything that we didn't even think to ask him for, just as he still does today. God is not the unjust judge, giving in just because it's going to spare himself some grief if he finally answers our prayers. Nor is God a magical vending machine that automatically dispenses anything and everything that we ask for. No, he is far greater than either of those things. He is our loving Heavenly Father, who willingly provides not all that we want, but all that we need, and far, far more. This parable, it isn't about wearing God down with our persistence and pestering. It's about never losing hope in His gracious giving, even when things don't go the way that we think they should. God is good. God is perfect. God is our loving Heavenly Father, and He will provide all that is best for us according to His perfect wisdom and love and grace. And even if we don't receive one single earthly gift from God's hand, even if we have no comforts at all in this world, We have already received all that we need through the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ. Knowing the blessings that God has to give, eternal life, salvation, unending paradise, we should be willing to pester God to no end, to wrestle him to the ground, to demand that he give us those blessings because we need them so much. But knowing that God is our loving Heavenly Father, we know that we don't have to do those things. God is good, and he gives us those blessings freely, pouring them into our lives when we don't deserve them. Not because of our pestering, but because of his infinite mercy. We know that we do indeed receive all that we need from the hand of God our Father in this world and forever. Because by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, By his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.